Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 110, and I'm drinking Galeva. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. First off, Galeva is a Scotch whiskey-based liqueur. I'm featuring Galeva because it's a favorite of mine. My wife and I had a cocktails and small bites party for three years running in the fall before we became parents. And for the first of these we dubbed our Nosh and Sip Soiree, we really wanted to have the flavor of fall. And being drinks novices at the time, we went to the liquor store and asked for a recommendation. We got lucky in that the employee that helped us directed us to Galeva as a liqueur that fit what we were looking for. We bought half a case at least, having never tried it, nor had either of us ever heard of it. But Galeva was excellent. I had about three bottles left over that I drank intermittently, and then when I went to restock, I discovered that Galeva had stopped distributing in the USA. When I first started this podcast, I looked for Galeva and reached out to the brand for details, but was told it was beyond my grasp. Sure, I could have imported a bottle at tremendous shipping expense from Europe, but with so many other spirits to cover, I left Galeva on the back burner. Until just recently, when my wife returned from a trip to Canada, where Galeva is available retail. So, she grabbed me a pair of bottles, and I'll be cracking one open for this tasting. I also then reconnected with the brand via email, and they were kind enough to answer my questions, to help fill in some of the blanks in the story I'm about to tell you. So, the bottle I have for the tasting is a Canadian market example. It is a standard 750 milliliters. It is 35% alcohol by volume, making it 70 proof. And it retailed at $49 Canadian, which with the exchange rate worked out to about $36 US. The bottle itself is clear glass. It has a essentially rectangular base, then it very slightly slopes up to the shoulder, which then tapers up in a kind of triangular pyramid shape. There is a pronounced um, round collar at the base of the neck. It's a, a glass detail, and then it goes up to a short, straight neck, and it's got a stopper. Molded into the glass on the front and back of the shoulder are details of citrus fruit, a honeycomb effect, a mortar and pestle, and some leaves or, I don't know, details make you think of spices. And below the front label, it says tangerines, honey, spices. The printed paper label on the front is mostly black, but it's got an orange foil detail on the top and bottom of it. Again, this being a bottle from Canada, it is bilingual in English and French. I'll just read the English part. It says, product of Scotland, the perfect harmony of honey, spices, tangerines, and blended scotch whiskey. Galeva, liqueur, and then proof and volume information. A detail on the black part of the label is just a reflective shiny coating of some of the detailed items that are molded into the glasses. Just not when you shift the light on it. Printed on the collar of the neck, it says Galeva gets its name from the Gaelic Galeva, which means very good. More on that in just a bit. This also has a paper strap over the stopper to let you know it's sealed. And then Galeva is the logo type on the top of the stopper. Okay, let's go ahead and open it up and go for a pour. That's a twist off. Yep, 
looks like it's got a yeah plastic uh, top on top of the glass for the screw top. And we'll go for a pour. As always, I'm using a clean Glen Karen glass for the tasting. It's a whiskey nosing glass, ideal to see the spirit, nose the spirit, and of course, taste the spirit. When pouring, I notice the viscosity or the thickness of this spirit. You can tell it's got uh, some honey in it for sure, or it's it's thicker than most. And swirling in the glass, you can, you can see that as well. Color is a beautiful orange amber. It's not a whiskey brown but it's not a bright orange, it's somewhere in between. And on the nose, <laughs> oh, I haven't had this in years and it brings back memories, it is great. Okay, let me notice it again. You definitely get a citrus note to it. It smells sweet. A hint of anise maybe or licorice undertone. I'm told there's cinnamon in it, but I'm not really picking that up. I can feel a bit of heat on the nose. It is 70 proof for 35% ABV, but let's cut to the chase and go for a taste. Mm. It's wonderful, orange, honey, some spice, some heat. Oh. Oh, this is, it, it almost tastes like a little bit of a persimmon. You get that fruit that tastes of fall. Kind of looks like an orange tomato. This isn't necessarily persimmon flavored, but that's what it is reminiscent of. Let's try it again. Feels like a heavy dose of honey. You can feel the, the coatingness of your mouth. Some people might describe this as cloying, overly sweet or sugary. As a liqueur, I quite enjoy that. You do have a really pronounced tangerine citrus flavor. And then there's spice that comes in. Probably some cinnamon, but some other flavors in there as well. I don't necessarily taste whiskey. I know there's obviously whiskey in it. And now onto the history. Galeva has a rather simple origin story, not clouded much by myth, mystique, or marketing spin. And since inception, other than at least half a dozen label redesigns and brand refreshes, it seems to have remained steady. But what can be said about Galeva for sure is that it was very good from the very start. Galeva was created in 1947 by Ronald Morrison, a wine and spirit merchant as well as whiskey blender, plying his trade in the port city of Leith in Scotland. However, Leith is actually just a neighborhood in the larger city of Edinburgh, but for a time was a separate jurisdiction. And historically, dating back to at least the 16th century, the city had been a major wine and spirits importation destination, peaking with approximately 100 warehouses for wine and brandy storage. Leith was said to be second only to London as a landing port for wine. Thus, Ronald Morrison was in good company, or a competitive market if you prefer, as a wine and spirits merchant. Whiskey blending had developed in the area as well, with a noted shift towards whiskey beginning in the 1880s after phylloxera had ravaged the continental Europe wine industry. 
Bonded warehouses were prominent in Leith as well, with around 85 reported in the 1960s. It wasn't just wine and spirits that flowed through Leith, though. Many other exotic commodities from far-off lands were commonplace. As an example, Leith is also the birthplace of Rose's Lime Juice. Having been founded back in 1868 with the intention of providing citrus for sailors to combat scurvy. Now, of course, a cocktail staple. From this fertile supply of ingredients, the brand tells me that Morrison knew exactly what he wanted to create when crafting Galeva, as he was an accomplished whiskey blender, producer, and salesman. His aim was to create a liqueur that would warm and comfort his loyal customers, particularly during the cold Scottish winters. There is believed to have been a significant amount of trial and error using the variety of ingredients available to Morrison, but nothing was set until he had the eureka moment of the perfect blend of ingredients. The first person to try the concoction after Morrison was his warehouse man, Hector, who upon tasting it proclaimed in Gaelic, Gleva, spelled G-L-E-M-H-A-T-H, which means very good in English. The expression was Anglicanized to be spelled Galeva, G-L-A-Y-V-A, and has been the brand name since inception. Initially, Galeva was only available in Scotland before filtering out to the rest of the UK, but by the late 1960s, the brand tells me it was a mainstay of many a drink's cabinet. This is also when Galeva began spreading around the globe. The local connection remains strong, and nearly every bar in Edinburgh and Glasgow will stock a bottle. Galeva has been promoted as the best liqueur in the world, though the brand tends to temper this now as simply the most awarded liqueur in the world, and backs it up with countless and seemingly endless wins at the International Wine and Spirits Competition, the IWSC, over the years. This year, in fact, having been awarded the prestigious double gold in 2022. In 1993, the current owner of the brand, the Scottish firm White & McKay Limited, acquired Galeva as part of their expansion into acquiring well-established whiskey brands with heritage and prestige. And while Galeva has been advertised in print almost from the get-go, the first television ads didn't come about until the 1990s that highlighted the sweet, irresistible flavor of Galeva. This TV campaign coincided with a new packaging design that led to a bit of a resurgence in the brand. And speaking of packaging, the label has changed quite a bit over the years. I've seen at least six distinct designs pictured in my research, but what has remained fairly consistent over the years has been the shape of the bottle. In fact, the brand shared with me that a recent piece of research they conducted found that the bottle shape was recognizable with consumers and one of the features they loved the most. And as a preview of things to come, I'm told that in about a year's time, November of 2023, a new look for Galeva will be launched, which will keep the iconic glass design, but put the flavor of the product at the forefront with a bright new orange label. I look forward to seeing it. Sales figures weren't disclosed, but the brand has been relatively stable for years, with the UK being the largest market, followed by North America. Other important markets for Galeva include Australia, New Zealand, and Scandinavia. Demand is somewhat seasonal, with an increase around the winter holidays, as well as Easter and early summer. So, that's the history. Now, on to how it's made. 
The recipe has remained unchanged. Through all the brand and marketing updates, this recipe has remained consistent. Galeva starts with blended scotch whiskey being up to eight years old. Granted, this doesn't mean it's an eight-year-old product, just that they err on the side of older whiskey for the blend. Galeva carries no age statement, of course. The master blender for the brand is currently Richard Patterson, who with his team are the guardians of the secret recipe known only in whole to a select few. The other ingredients that are disclosed are Mediterranean tangerines, cinnamon, and heather honey. There are other ingredients that are rumored to be in Galeva. These include sweet almonds and star anise. I kind of smelled the anise on the nose, so it's probably in there. Spices is the catch-all term beyond what's mentioned and would encompass more nuanced or secret flavors for the liqueur. In crafting Galeva, they do allow the ingredients to marry together in a vat during blending. The brand wouldn't get specific, but did tell me that time is one of the most important elements in the production process. Galeva is made in White McKay's blending facility just outside Glasgow, Scotland, which sadly is not open to the public, and therefore there's no visitor center or tours available. So, that's how it's made. Now, on to cocktails and consumption. I enjoy it neat, and the brand recommends that you enjoy Galeva neat or over ice. However, it also is poured into coffee, oftentimes. Drink it how you like, but it is a very sweet, kind of warming, Christmassy feeling liqueur. I can enjoy it anytime, but it definitely has a uh, holiday feel to it. So in summary, what do I think of Galeva? I must say I really love it. <laughs> it is a, a favorite of mine. Think of it like liquid alcoholic candy. And a lot of people don't like a description like that when it comes to spirits, but honestly, there's a great place for products like that to be enjoyed neat in a glass or over ice, or if you need some sugar to add into your cocktail and you're mixing something. So I enjoy a wide range of spirits. If you've been a listener of this podcast, you'll know I'll try almost anything. It's been quite great. And most things I do enjoy on their own merits. But Galeva often will be compared to Drambuie, a spirit that is also whiskey-based from Scotland, and I actually featured it way back in episode 17. I did so because I couldn't get a hold of Galeva at the time when I was starting the podcast, and Drambuie is what comes up as the substitute for Galeva anytime you're searching. And while these two liqueurs have similar base spirits and both contain heather honey and spices, Galeva is much better in my opinion. Drambui lacks the citrus sweetness and really dials up the licorice, the anise flavor to it, whereas Galeva is more enjoyable for my palate. And because Galeva has such a citrus forwardness to it, I compared it to the other citrus liqueurs I have in my collection. I started with Cointreau, which is episode 65, and that's probably the closest comparison. It's different. Cointreau is drier than Galeva, but if you're looking for a citrus note, they're kind of comparable. I do indeed still prefer Galeva if I'm just sipping it neat or on ice. The other two citrus liqueurs I compared it to was Grand Marnier in episode 40. That's a cognac base and it's drier overall and lacks the complexity of spices that Galeva has. 
And finally, I compared Galeva to Mandarin Napoleon in episode 25, if you want to go back and listen to that one. Mandarin Napoleon has a much more Mandarin flavor to it compared to the tangerine flavor of Galeva. It also lacks the spices and sweetness of Galeva as well. But if push came to shove and you needed citrus in a cocktail and you did not have Cointreau or a triple sec or Mandarin Napoleon or Grab Marnier, Galeva would do. But don't use Drambouille. There's no real citrus to it. But again, Galeva on its own merits... I love it. I am probably going to go through the first bottle I've opened quite quickly, reserve the second for special occasions perhaps, or just not drink it as fast until I can get out of country to get another bottle because White McKay still does not have distribution in the US of A. Hopefully they will fix that problem in the near future. That will do it for this episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Tell your friends. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find me on social media. Tend to be active on Instagram and Facebook. You can find the show on your favorite podcast platform as well. And if there's a spirit you would like me to feature in a future episode, please do reach out. Let me know. Contact information is available on the website or just hit me up on social media. I love hearing from my listeners. Also, if you're a brand and you think that your product has a story to tell and I haven't yet featured it, reach out as well. And as always, thank you for listening. 